From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Hey, thanks for inviting me into your home, your long-haul truck, your parents' basement, loft, taxi, RV, camper, that greasy spoon just off the interstate, and your cabin in the woods. A special hello to all of you listening in on one of our affiliates, uh, the podcasts, of course, the live stream on YouTube. Let me wave to the camera. Hello, YouTube stream followers, our HOA, Hangout on Air. And, oh, let me remind you, if you want to take the show wherever you go on your mobile device, the Conspiracy Show app. Phenomenal. So however and wherever you're listening, I bid thee the warmest of welcomes and thanks for your fine company. Rosemary Ellen Guiley, our resident paranormal investigator, is standing by along with her co-author, Darren Evans. We'll get into uh, their latest work, the Zozo Phenomenon. Zozo, Ouija board users be forewarned. Uh, Ian Robertson is here, channeling Eddie Cochran. Greetings to you, my fine rockabilly friend. Honestly, this kid, as I said, I have socks older than him, but here he is. He's such a throwback, like circa 1958, with the rolled-up uh, jeans and the slicked-back hair. Are you a time traveler, Ian? Be straight with me. Now he's nodding his head no, or he's shaking his head no. I don't know. I have my doubts. How does a, a young 20-something end up, you know, touring with not one but two rockabilly bands? I mean, you have a passion, obviously, for that era of music. Uh, you know, why aren't you, uh, you know, listening to that god-awful racket like the, you know, the rest of your friends? Uh, I blame my parents' musty 45s in the basement. Musty 45s in the basement. There you go. So when I mention, when I throw out a name like Eddie Cochran, I mean, you're on, on the same page, you know. Yeah, 20 Flight Rock. There you go. Well done, sir. Well done. Well, I mentioned this before. you got to come to uh, my next live event, Take a Walk on the Dark Side. Rock and Roll, Myths, Legends, and Curses with my good friend R. Gary Patterson. That's at the J.J.R. McLeod Auditorium, Saturday, October the 15th, uh, strangeplanet.ca live events page. Remote viewer, Albert Vinzel is here, my story producer. I call him remote viewer because, well, he's very interested in remote viewing, and we've, you know what, I've decided, uh, Albert, number one, we're going to get you on the air a little bit more. And, uh, oh, I got the wrong mic. Where are you? You're on number four. There you go. We did a remote viewing. Hello, Albert. Hi. By, by the way, what did you think of our live event today? A- amazing event. We're very lucky to have things like this come to Toronto. We had a very good turnout. Judy Wood is a very approachable, very friendly woman. She was kind enough to stay to the very end. Everyone who wanted to have a photograph or have a book signed, she everyone got to have a chance. Sure. But what did you think of, of the case that she laid out for directed free energy on 9-11? Well, we took an informal poll at the end, and I think she convinced everyone who was there. The, the information has to be taken more serious. And it's it's like 15 years on. There, there, it should be in court. I don't know why it's not in court. That's true. We did. We took an informal poll after, and there were I, – I don't remember how many people raised their hand. I asked how many of you, you know, subscribe to the nanothermite and how many of you changed your mind? And uh, yeah, she did. She she changed some hearts and minds. Um, anyway, wh- what I wanted to mention, Albert, is I don't know when a couple of weeks ago we had uh, Dr. Douglas James Cottrell, remote viewer on the program, and we did a little remote viewing experiment. And you're very interested in remote viewing. I mean, you're you you've uh, you've read, you know, um, uh, Ingo Swan and, and you're up on all of this stuff. And I thought maybe we could institute a new segment on the program. Not every week necessarily. Um, I'm thinking about calling it What's in the Box. And what do you think if we did that, you know, um, maybe we'll start next week. 
and you'll we'll do a little remote viewing just to kick off the show very quick. And you can you can utilize your remote viewing skills and see if you can determine you know what I'm hiding in the box. What do you think? Would you be game for that? Sure, I, sure, I'm willing to try. Okay, <laughs> yeah, that's it. I, ideally, you, it would prove that psychic ability is real, and we would have brought good back into the world, and that leaves a post-generational impact. So, yeah, that's that's the stuff I'm into. A post-generational impact. Good for you. All right, um, Albert Vinzel. Um, for decades, unsuspecting users of spirit boards have been pestered and attacked by a malevolent entity that calls itself Zozo, the King of Kings. Evenings of entertainment have ended in anxiety and fear, with lingering problems ranging from hauntings to dream invasion to psychological terror. Darren Evans is a paranormal survivor who learned about Zozo the hard way and took his story to the world. People around the planet responded with similar stories and some that were even more shocking. In this groundbreaking book, uh, Zo- The Zozo Phenomena, Darren Evans and paranormal expert Rosemary Ellen Guiley probe the mystery of Zozo from ancient gods to modern aliens, demons, and more. Who is Zozo and what does Zozo want? These answers may surprise you. Rosemary Ellen Guiley, a leading expert in the metaphysical and paranormal fields with more than 60 books published on a wide range of paranormal, spiritual, and mystical topics, including nine single-volume encyclopedia and reference works. Paranormal researcher Daryl Evans is an expert on the entity known as Zozo that hundreds of people across the world have reported contact with through the Ouija board and other methods. Rosemary, Darren, welcome to both of you. How are you? Hi, Richard. Hey, Rosemary. I'm doing hey, pretty good. I just got uh, off the road tonight. I've been out in Ohio. I was at a seance this weekend. Ah, all right. He did not show up. He did not. All right. Well, uh, thank you. Thanks for that, <laughs> perhaps. Uh, Darren, welcome to you as well. Hey, thanks for having me on tonight, man. My Appreciate pleasure. You. My pleasure. The Zozo Phenomenon. Um, okay, so... Um, when did we first get reports of Zozo coming through on talking boards or Ouija boards? Does it go back to the to the beginning of you know the development of of, of these spirit boards? Well, Zozo has a very long history, and um, actually, we don't know the the very first time that Zozo showed up on a Ouija board um, accounts started cropping up in the 70s and 80s and uh, when people started talking about their experiences. And I think, um, you know, Darren was certainly at the forefront of that because he put it out uh, on the Internet and that encouraged other people to uh, report. My feeling is that Zozo has been a board communicator for a long time, probably as long as the board has been around, but it's been around much longer than the board. So he's simply, uh, Zozo is using the board now, uh, but maybe prior to the development of talking boards, he was using some other method, and we, we, we can talk about that. Darren, your first encounter with Zozo, how did that break out? Um, I was in my teens, uh, in, I believe it was 1982, uh, when I was dating a, a young lady who lived across the street from my grandmother in West Tulsa. Uh, Along the banks of the Arkansas River, well, at the house that she lived in that her parents owned, there was a very strange double-sided board that was found underneath the house, uh, and it was surrounded by jars of, of uh, preserved blackbirds. Uh, the Weezy board was a, a, a piece of art. It was uh, 
uh, engraved. It was uh, sculpted. It uh, it had strange symbols. And on one side was a standard William Fold talking board, but it was the other side that had Zozo inscribed on it that was just real menacing. And uh, we began to have sessions on that board, and that's when my involvement um, with this whole phenomenon uh, first, you know, took place. Uh, th- tell me more about the uh, pres- jars of preserved blackbirds. What's that all about? Yeah. Uh, you know, I didn't understand at the time that there may be some type of significance uh, with the whole prophecy and technology. Um, but they were they were very well preserved as lightning jars, one on each corner of the board. And I remember um, it, it, these jars had a, like a preservative on the outside as well, like a chalky substance. And I remember uh, clearing off that chalky substance and holding that jar up to the to the sun and, and just seeing the uh, blood red eyes of a blackbird. They're very very well preserved. Oh my! And and despite I mean all of this ominous. Symbology and, and associations with the Ouija board. You decided to give it a whirl anyway. I mean, that would be enough to scare most people off. But you were un, un, uh, undaunted, I guess. My girlfriend's uh, mother was was a self professed Wiccan, um, so she she was always reading books. Or, uh, she was into fairies and just sort of uh, you know that type of you know, stuff. Uh, and so while she while she wasn't very adamant about us using the board, it became problematic when we did start to use it and activity began to take place. Well, let's, uh, we're coming up on a break, but let's begin that discussion um, about uh, when Zozo came through. Go ahead, Darren. Before we, yeah, We're going to break in, a, in about probably a minute and a half, but yeah. let's start the conversation um, now. It, uh, just like in other people's encounters, you know, fast forward, you know, 30 years, uh, there's there's certain things that, like the planchet behavior. Uh, uh, this thing with kind of has a signature characteristic uh, in in its uh, manners of communication. Um, but very quickly, would uh, uh, the planchet would scoot completely off the board and then come back in the opposite direction and actually scoot the board off the table, causing it to land on the floor. And, uh, and that's where if we were using the William Fold side, it didn't want us to use that side. It wanted us to use Zozo side, and so. Um, that's how things kind of started out. And does he spell out his his uh, name? I mean, how does he make himself uh, no, his presence known? Uh, aside from obviously the the planchet flying all over the place, but does he spell out his uh, does he spell out his name? It's it's very um, common that um, it it quickly goes back and forth from the letter Z to the letter uh, O, which I uh, kind of call the rainbow effect which happens in a lot of people's encounters with this particular entity. And so, yeah, there's a Z-O-Z-O rainbow effect uh, uh, and just a significant uh, increase. You know, a lot of times it'll pretend to be a deceased loved one and kind of get you hooked, uh, giving you uh, information that wasn't disclosed, um, you know, like middle, middle names, date of birth. And so it's, it's very psychological um, in how it uh, gains, you know, further access to us uh, to participate. All right, let me uh, let me uh, just jump in. We'll take a timeout. Uh, perhaps Ian, I can get you to try and reconnect uh, with Darren. His phone line is a little dodgy. And uh, Rosemary Ellen Guiley stays with us as well. Darren Evans, co-authors of the Zozo phenomenon. If you've got a Ouija board, uh, be forewarned. Stay with us. Big Brother is listening, and so are you. 
to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett, Rosemary Ellen Guiley, Darren Evans, co-author of The Zozo Phenomenon, The Ouija Board Demon, some uh, call him or it, I don't know if we call it a, a him, um, Darren was telling us about his um, his first encounter with Zozo, how about you Rosemary? Well, my first encounters with Zozo occurred much later, um, within about the last 10 years or so. And um, in the course of my paranormal investigation, you know, I've used a, a, quite a variety of equipment, a lot of ghost boxes, dowsing rods, uh, also Ouija boards. I've used them in investigations. And occasionally I would get, uh, uh, even on the ghost box, uh, as well as the Ouija board, a communicator uh, that spelled its name Zozo, and I had uh, heard that others had had encounters with a negative entity going by the same name, and um, I had heard Darren Evans' name in connection with that, so I got in touch with Darren, and I was doing a lot of research on the Ouija board at the time, and um, uh, we had uh, quite a few conversations about Zozo, and I interviewed him for my uh, book on the Ouija board, Ouija Gone Wild, that I did with Rick Fisher. And uh, all of the communications uh, that have been interrupted by Zozo um, have—they've always taken a dark turn. This is a very strong entity that manages to push its way into a spirit communication session and sometimes it just takes over and it does self-identify itself uh, as uh, a masculine kind of presence although it does have a female uh, alter ego uh, presence as well and it calls itself the king of kings uh, and uh, spells out Zozo very rapidly sometimes, uh, and sometimes it's a little slower. And uh, a lot of, uh, in many cases, it just won't go away. You literally have to close down the session. Uh, with some people, Zozo starts out very friendly. It follows the typical pattern of a trickster kind of entity, being uh, funny and engaging and accurate, and then uh, as soon as people sort of become hooked on communicating uh, with this entity over multiple sessions, then it um, then deteriorates into a very manipulative, threatening uh, kind of communicator, and people begin experiencing phenomena. They have nightmares and poltergeist stuff that happens in their homes. Bad luck, depression. A bad luck, depression, they start to feel watched. Uh, it, it literally is able to attach itself to people and uh, to the environment. So that's one of the dangers with becoming fascinated by, by Zozo. And it's easy for people to be fascinated. Um, many people want to thrill when they contact the spirit world, especially young people. The idea of getting in touch with something that's dangerous or demonic uh, has uh, a lot of appeal, and they don't stop to think that um, uh, these entities really are dangerous. It's not just cartoon comic book stuff. They they really do carry a very powerful punch. Uh, Darren, uh, some of the other negative experiences, or one of the other negative experiences uh, I've heard about that, that are associated with Zozo, the Ouija board demon, uh, sexual attacks. Uh, what can you tell us about that? There's been numerous reports of, you know, perverse uh, conversations initially, which lead to these uh, strange uh, spirit attachments where people report uh, touching their bodies, uh, you know, 
uh, lots of different, uh, you know, sexual type of just perverted stuff that it, that'll, it'll come across as, as it communicates. And so it's definitely in many reports, uh, uh, you know, this, this whole sexual perverted aspect seems to come into play. Almost sounds like Zozo could be an incubus or a succubus. I'm not sure which, I can't remember which is female and which is male, but uh, incubus, succubus, is that possible? Well, it certainly is. The incubus is the male uh, demonic aspect and the succubus is the female. <clears throat> and uh, Zozo has all the characteristics uh, attributed to demons. There's also a jinn personality to it. Uh, overall, uh, a negative a spirit. And it's very typical of these negative spirits to uh, sexually harass people uh, as well as plague them with a lot of other kinds of manipulative sorts of behavior. So what, um, what are some of the other uh, warning signs or common signs that Zozo, let's say you're, in, you're involved in a, in a session of, with the Ouija board, you mentioned, uh, Darren, the, um, I think you called it the, the rainbow side-to-side movements of the planchette. Um, but what are some of the other signs that you may be in contact with Zozo? Let's say he hasn't identified himself yet as Zozo, uh, but what are some of the, the signs? Well, there's a lot of times that if this entity will, will try to persuade the participants into um, believing that it's a guardian angel. Um, and again, it's a, it's a trickster mechanism. Uh, it employs all types of... Uh, Depending on the individual and its weaknesses, so to speak, uh, it, it can it has that ability to just uh, you know deploy a psychological attack on people and, and uh, whatever means that it uh, you know thinks it can get in to a person's head. I mean, it's, it's very it seems to be quite successful in certain cases. Uh, is it just you get this feeling you're being watched? Uh, thuds on the walls are very common. Uh, uh, even laughter or voices, you know, emanating from nowhere. Uh, there's a lot of reports of those. Um, a lot of reports, it tells people that it wants to take them to paradise. And then people will say, well, where's paradise? And then it'll spell hell. And so it's, it, it, these types of negative type of, uh, conversations. Now, does Zozo go by different names in different regions of the world? Uh I mean, or is it Zozo, consistently Zozo, or are there other names? Well, Rosemary and I took a, a, a pretty good look at the etymology of the, the root word Zo, and that seems to have uh, ties to ancient voodoo, meaning a spiritual leader. Uh, and so we have some African um, uh, indigenous tribal type people that also use the Zo, the people, you know, the Zo people of Burma. There's various societies of people that use that root word Zo uh, as uh, being from a descendant uh, of Zo, and so we, we really took a look at uh, all the. You know, we're finding connections all over. You know, that jumps geographical and language barriers with that root word, and then finding uh, uh, other you know actual connections which mention the word Zo Zo Zozo as an actual demon in uh, in several different texts. Was there also a demon um, a demon known as Pazuzu? Um... I'm trying to remember where I saw that. Uh, does that ring a bell, Rosemary? Pazuzu? Yes, it's uh, from the Middle East, and an ancient demon of the winds is um, uh, what Pazuzu is associated with, and uh, it also has connections to the exorcist case. Oh, 
Tell me uh, more. As well <laughs> as being uh, one of the demons involved in that. Uh, and uh, the, the etymology that Darren was referring to, we, we find a lot of very strange connections with just the term zo and zozo, and that it, uh, uh, from culture to culture it has a negative connotation, referring to the spirit world having kind of a dark negative connotation, something very dangerous. Um, there are often uh, sexual aspects to the term, uh, and then it has associations with the demonic. It's uh, Zozo is listed in um, the uh, dictionary Infernal that was uh, written in the um, mid-19th century, a minor demon um, in possession cases. And uh, w- one of the most, I would say, shocking references that we uncovered to Zozo goes back to the 1300s. So this is not just a modern, uh, you know, meme going around about the Ouija board, as some skeptics have suggested. Uh, we found a reference to Zozo, the mass of Zozo, or mass of demons, uh, in a sermon written by uh, St. Bernardino in Italy. And uh, he preached a lot of fiery sermons uh, in his day, and uh, this particular sermon had to do with uh, what, what if uh, the devil set up his own church and mimicked the Catholic Church, and so instead of, um, you know, the regular Mass, there would be the, the Mass of Zozo, the Mass uh, common to all demons, and that's the earliest reference uh, that we can find to Zozo in uh, within the context of uh, what we would consider to be a demon, a, a demonic entity. But Zozo then has all of these other dark associations throughout the ages as well, and it, they all revolve around sex, trickster stuff, uh, danger, demonic, um, dark side of the spirit world, very strange connections. And uh, then Zozo has a lot of alter egos, and this is one of the tricky things about this entity. Zaza is is very common, and a lot of Z-sounding names uh, that are often very short. And uh, then it has two other very odd alter egos. One is Mama, Mm. and Mama uh, has a more ferocious uh, presence sometimes uh, than Zozo, and it also goes by Lily. And we believe that that is a con- connection to Lilith. Lilith, as in uh, the, 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 the goddess. Uh, yes, the, the uh, first wife of Adam, who uh, then became the, the queen of all demons. And uh, according to lore, uh, she created all the uh, demonic entities who became the incubi and the succubi. Ah, I, I, oh, that I wasn't aware of. I, I, I'm familiar with a, a musical festival called Lilith's Fair. Is that the same Lilith? Um, a musical festival? Yeah, Lilith's Fair, and it's uh, you know they're kind of uh, paying homage to the uh, the feminine uh, divinity. Well, uh, Lilith, uh, like all uh, you know deity kinds of figures, and I, uh, has positive aspects as well as negative aspects. But she's best known as the queen of the demons, and uh, in her her better aspects, she would be considered a very powerful uh, female figure. 
Um, she had a falling out with Adam. She didn't like to be, uh, you know, second string to him. Uh, and uh, took revenge by, uh, you know, spawning all of these uh, demonic uh, offspring. Mm. Um, Darren Evans and Rosemary Ellen Guiley uh, are with us, co-authors of The Zozo Phenomenon. We're talking about Zozo, the Ouija board demon. If uh, Zozo uh, comes through the Ouija board and the person uh, or the people participating don't know how to dispatch Zozo or close the session, I mean, if left unchecked, how you know how much damage can Zozo do? Could it lead, for example, to a, a full-blown demonic possession? You know, I have worked some cases, consulted on cases. One particular case in New Jersey involving some uh, teenage twins, uh, in which there was documented evidence that they uh, become possessed. It was filmed in a church. Uh, I've I've come across probably uh, ten separate cases involving actual possession. Uh, in connection with the Zozo phenomenon. So those level three, uh, you know, Zozo encounters that I kind of classify those level threes, are, are they, you know, they lead up to a full possession is what uh, is what I'm finding. Uh, I mean, that should be enough for anyone to swear off the Ouija board for good, one would think. No? I mean, am I, am I what am I missing here, Rosemary, Darren? I mean, I, I mean I've always... Um, uh, you know, sort of warn people about the Ouija board, and it's not for me, it's not something I do, but if we're talking about the potential for, you know, a full-blown demonic possession, just by playing the seemingly harmless, you know, parlor game, why would anyone want to dabble with this? Well, first I, I'd like to point out that Zozo is quite capable of coming across any kind of spirit communication device. And even just in a seance situation, we've had cases of Zozo with automatic writing, Zozo and dream visitations, um, the ghost box. Uh, and so Zozo is capable of reaching people in a variety of ways, but it seems to favor the Ouija board, and I, I think that uh, that's because so many people use it. It is a widely purchased uh, device. Uh, many people use it for entertainment or thrill-seeking, and so I think it's easier to to get at vulnerable people that way. But um, as you know, Richard, I've argued for um, many years that the board itself is really neutral, and it's how people use it that can get them into trouble. Uh, and with the with the board, we have it um, in use in parties and investigations. And these are situations where uh, people are often pretty wound up about uh, getting a thrill and getting something exciting to happen. And, and in a party case, there could be uh, recreational substances involved, alcohol. And uh, so the wrong circumstances. And I think that those are indeed part of the problem. But nonetheless, both Darren and I have seen many cases where um, people have been in vulnerable emotional states. Uh, you know, they're under stress or they've been uh, ill for a while or they've got uh, something emotion, some sort of turbulent emotional situation going on with them. That's the vulnerable. And they're not using any kind of spirit communication device because that sends out a signal to the spirit world. All right, let's take a time out, come back. Darren Evans, Rosemary Ellen Guiley, The Zozo Phenomena. Stay with us. 
Poking holes in the darkness. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Darren Evans, Rosemary Ellen Guiley, stay with us, co-authors of The Zozo Phenomenon. Darren, uh, I know people, you know, contact you with their Zozo encounters. Can you, can you share uh, another one, perhaps um, one of the more harrowing encounters? Um, there's, there's been a, just a, a wide swath of, of, um, encounters across the world. Uh, some of the worst ones would involve, uh, suicide, uh, tragic accidents. Um, there's several, several, uh, stories on the internet, um, of just very negative circumstances which develop, uh, in the new book, there's uh, there's dozens of stories um, in connection with this phenomenon. But uh, you know, it's not just those; it's these other Z entities, as I call them, that all gravitate towards this letter Z. And then when uh, Rosemary and I did quite a bit of research on the letter Z in history, and it has a very fascinating and negative history as well, uh, being you know uh, sort of a uh, the letter of prophecy, the letter of uncertainty. Uh, it was eliminated from uh, several languages. Uh, such as Latin, uh, because it, it, uh, the pronunciation of the letter uh, to them resembled a, uh, uh, they called it the rictus of death, which was a basically a smile um, from a, uh, a body that had been dug up out of the ground. And so uh, why do these entities choose these names with the letter Z? And so it's very, it's just another strange mystery within the phenomenon itself. I had no idea. That's fascinating. I had no idea that the letter, well, you say Z, we say Z up here, which is interesting. I wonder that then if we use the word Z, does that tend to, I don't know, perhaps soften the uh, the effect? Uh, but uh, I had no idea that the letter Z or Z had been expunged from uh, certain alphabets. That's fascinating. Um, so you mentioned uh, there have been suicides associated with uh, Zozo, how do we know? Do, do the do the actual do the victims do they leave letters uh, mentioning Zozo, or do friends say, "Well, the last thing they were doing was they, they were on a Ouija board"? And I mean, tell me how we we sort of piece that together—the connection between these suicides and Zozo, the Ouija board demon. Well, one thing that I always try to tell people um, when they do use uh, practice uh, the talking board <clears throat> is to not ask questions pertaining to future events. I had two very close friends that asked um, how they would die in Ouija sessions um, back in the 90s. Uh, and in one particular case, it told my friend Randy that he would die. Uh, it spelled car crash at night all alone. And that's exactly how he died. The other friend, um, when he asked it, it said it just spelled murder. And uh, his death remains an unsolved mystery uh, just outside of Tulsa in a little town called Collinsville. And so having experienced <clears throat> these types of negative consequences, Richard, you, you know, so why would anybody go back to the board? Well, I've asked my, myself that question many times. And in other, um, it's, it's kind of like what I described would, would be kind of like being hooked on a substance. You, you know, it's not good for you. Um, but you keep going back to it. And with a lot of people, it's, it's being scared, that addiction to, to fear. And um, unfortunately, fear seems to be a uh, uh, a food, a nutrient source of this entity, which it uh, um, it feeds off of fear, literally. And so, 
uh, with these psychological aspects, with the you know the burning of the zozobra, all these different fascinating connections, usually uh, with with a negative uh, energy source. And so, um, with the letter Z, and just I mean, and we in, in the book we we get into you know the the alien connection, um, how another ufologist was contacted um, by a zoe from Neptune. I was predicting the end of the world and how they uh, started communicating using a, a Morse code type. And so all these connections, uh, and so it makes for a, uh, a pretty interesting topic of discussion, but it leads into these uh, the, the whole fascinating uh, Ouija phenomenon. So it's uh, I encourage people that are interested in the paranormal to uh, check the book out for sure. And you mentioned that uh, the, you know part of the appeal or part of the reason people go keep going back and trying to reach out to Zozo or, or you know during these Ouija board sessions is this addiction uh, to fear. Uh, is that true in your in your case? I mean, have you found yourself sort of being drawn into into this? I mean, do you physically have to sort of stop yourself saying no? I'm not. I can't do this anymore. Well, I remember, you know, during the episode of Ghost Adventures when Zach, uh, well, Nick and I were using the board, I hadn't used one in perhaps eight years. Uh, and so there is that, there were, you know, the, the fear in that house and on people's faces. I mean, just the expectation, and there does seem to be an expectation, uh, expectation bias, uh, when, when people, if people go into these sessions, uh, with the expect, you know, expectations of becoming fearful, then it's good. It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. And I, I think that can, uh, add a dimension of danger to uh, the, the whole Ouija board uh, with people getting on them and, and using them with that, you know, that expected fear aspect. How about for you, Rosemary? I mean, do you do you let's be honest? Is is there a bit of a thrill when you when you contact Zozo? Well, the um, first few times uh, that it happened, I was curious more than anything, and um, I think that's also how some people get drawn in. Um, it's um, it, it's like the board starts taking on a, a new personality, a different personality, and you, as, as an investigator, you want to see what's going to unfold, what's going to happen. Uh, however, I have had um, n- not a lot, but, you know, every now and then negative communicators come across in uh, like the ghost box sessions and other kinds of spirit communication methods, and it's my practice to uh, to shut that off as quickly as I can. Uh, I mean, once you ascertain that something is um, of a negative bent and that it's just going to hang around and uh, want to cause problems, you're not doing yourself any favors or anybody else who's present by allowing that entity to gain more energy in the situation. Amen to that. that. We'll take a quick time out, Rosemary. And uh, Darren Evans, Rosemary Ellen Guiley, stay with us. We'll find out uh, before the uh, top of the hour how to, I guess, close a Ouija board session and get rid of Zozo. Uh, but before that, we'll take a time out and uh, continue this conversation on the other side. Providing the evidence and letting you draw your own conclusions. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett. Darren Evans, Rosemary Ellen Guiley, co-authors of The Zozo Phenomenon, uh, often described as the Ouija board demon. Are there safety in numbers uh, if, for example... Um, you, you're, you've got six people in a room, 
uh, on the Ouija board versus I'm guessing you should never play alone. Uh, but um, I mean, are you safer if there are, is a larger group on the Ouija board? Well, not necessarily. Uh, what Zozo seems to do is target uh, the weakest link in the room, that is the person who is the most vulnerable. Uh, and that could be for a variety of reasons. So it really wouldn't matter how many people might be in the room. Uh, it, it's going to find uh, the best target. And you, you're absolutely right, Richard. People should not use the board alone. Um, even if nothing negative comes through, it's the kind of thing that obsesses people. And the more obsessed you get uh, with uh, pursuing any kind of spirit communications, the more likely you are to get into problem territory. Have either of you ever asked Zozo how old it is, he is, she is? I have not. Darren? I, I remember asking an age, and it just spelling out all kinds of numbers that didn't really make any, any much sense. And there's, there's other people that have reported that they've asked how old it is with varying degrees of, of success. So, um, but it's, uh, you know, it's, it, 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 there's that psychological component. Um, you know, is, are, are we messing with, you know, and with the popularity, um, so many people have heard of it by now. It seems to have almost taken a, an egregore type of substance to it, uh, which there may have been, you know, something uh, before the popularity of the Internet really gave it a lot of um, uh, recognition. And so, um, you know, with, you know, all human beings are capable of committing, you know, horrific acts, you know, acts upon people. And so does this, does this thing attach itself to, what uh, Carl Jung, you know, described as the shadow, and so it's uh, definitely you know, a psychological component to this whole thing with the communication. Any evidence that Zozo is getting stronger? Yeah, you know, there's a uh, at Knott's Berry Farm this year. There is a new exhibit which um, uses uh, virtual reality technology, and it's based on the Zozo demon. Uh, in this uh, skeleton maze, they call it. You're going to be sitting down with, with multiple people that pay money to go in and sit with a huge Ouija board and get harassed by this Zozo demon. And so it does seem to be gaining uh, both popularity uh, you know, and strength because of its recognition. Um, Rosemary, has Zozo ever told you things uh, about, I don't know, a relative or about um, you personally that no one else would know? I have not had uh, communication like that with Zozo, but other people have. And uh, we run across this um, fairly frequently in Zozo cases where Zozo starts out being very accurate. And sometimes people even think that they're talking to a deceased person, perhaps even uh, a relative or even someone close to them. This is an entity who's capable of masquerading and shape-shifting and taking on a lot of guises. And uh, it uh, is capable of um, mimicking um, uh, informa- you know, personal information that um, either seems accurate or is accurate, can be validated. And that's one of the ways that people kind of get sucked in. Uh, they start giving over their authority and their trust to this uh, this entity, and uh, then uh, you know when it reveals itself, which it it does ultimately, um, then there seems to be a, a, an extreme fascination with well, how did this happen? 
and what's going on here? And for some people, that can uh, be very exciting. And for other people, uh, they're they're just pulled in like uh, into quicksand uh, in in terms of continuing a link with this entity. What if? Uh, what if all of the the spirit the spirits uh, that people are communicating with uh, turn out to be? Uh, a Zozo, uh, not necessarily the Zozo, but some demonic trickster entity that is playing the part of a dearly departed loved one. Uh, and in some cases, you know, they do identify themselves as Zozo, but maybe some of them are in it for the long haul. They're really in to, to earn somebody's trust, and then out comes the knife. I mean, is that not a possibility? In other words, all spirit communication is ultimately demonic. Uh, well, it's many people have speculated on that, Richard, and uh, put that idea forward. And uh, the disturbing thing is that you can't refute it. It is a possibility because uh, there there is a fair amount of masquerading and uh, deceit that goes on in the spirit world. The the problem that it poses for us on this side. Uh, is that uh, if we distrust everything, then uh, we cut ourselves off from the potential of having legitimate, genuine communication. And there's uh, a tremendous amount of positive communication that goes on. Uh, is is that also uh, a masquerade, a deceit by some, uh, you know, literally an awe? Talk about, uh, you know, Zozo. Well, Zozo also uses Oz and Ozo. Uh, as as um, some of its uh, uh, alter egos, is there some big Oz behind the curtain that's that's orchestrating all of this just to monkey around with people? And uh, the truth of it is, we don't know. We can't say for certain. Uh, it, it's a disturbing possibility. Uh, my own belief is that. Uh, we we can get both sides of the spectrum. We have genuine communication, and then we have this trickster stuff, and it's often problematic where you draw the line between the two. Uh, let me get Darren's take on that. Is it possible that uh, ultimately all spirit communication is demonic? You know, I, I would say that is a possibility. Um, you know, the Bible says it warns you not to mess with this type of stuff, and so there's other beliefs. But then there's, you know, indigenous, uh, these animistic type beliefs that, uh, attribute everything being spiritual and spirits being able to, uh, manifest, uh, spirits being able to be attached to objects, people, places, things. And so I think it has a lot to do with your belief system. I grew up as a Christian. Uh, I lean towards this phenomenon as being demonic. Uh, whereas Rosemary, she's had a lot more positive experiences. Um, there's, there's other, uh, Ouijologists and, and researchers that are having positive experiences with uh, talking boards as a, as a means of spirit communication. So, uh, that, you know, while that possibility exists, uh, I do, you know, it's my hunch that you can talk to both good and evil entities using the spirit board. All right. Well, we, we can't end the evening without some uh, safety instructions. Let's say, for example, then that uh, a group of uh, people around the Ouija board make contact with Zozo and things turn south real fast and they uh, they want to close that door. They want uh, Zozo to be gone. What are the steps necessary? 
the first thing to <clears throat> first thing to do is to uh, tell Zozo very emphatically to leave, that it is not welcome and it must depart. And if it continues to have a control over the planchette, uh, and this is when um, people often describe that the planchette sort of uh, takes on a life of its own when this entity shows up. Uh, then the session must be deliberately shut down. And so you do that uh, out loud uh, by uh, reinforcing that Zozo is not welcome, is not to uh, enter into this space. This session is closed. The planchette should be moved to goodbye. Um, many people have the practice of wiping the board then. That uh, is one way of, like, clearing energy off the board. And it is very important also uh, to uh, pull your mental shutters down. Uh, that is, you, uh, you imagine uh, that um, you have um, no access, that uh, no spirit has access to you. You are in uh, a shield of white light. Uh, and um, to to hold that uh, that thought. Now, some people will also do a cleanse if they feel that something might be lingering in the environment. They'll do a cleansing. Um, they'll bring out sage or uh, white candles and invoke the presence of angels, guardians, uh, religious figures to uh, to protect the space. And in some cases where, uh, let's say, people are using a board fairly regularly and Zozo starts showing up uh, almost every time the board is in use, uh, then it's a good idea just to stop the practice. And uh, I think Darren can certainly speak to that, what he had to do to uh, get out from under Zozo. Yes, Darren, please, fill us in. Um, that's, that's not an easy question to answer uh, as far as, you know, an easy getting rid of this type of entity. Uh, but I think the, uh, the rule in question by most uh, people uh, that are into Ouija boards is, is, and perhaps the most important one is if you're on a board and begin to experience these evil communications and, and uh, 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 blasphemous exchanges, uh, make sure that you uh, either physically or let the planchet go over the word goodbye. And, and you know, using a Ouija board is an invitation uh, to to spirits to communicate with you, uh, so when you invite something in, I think it's a pretty good idea that if you don't want to be around that uh, anymore, to dismiss that entity or spirit uh, and and tell it goodbye, tell it to leave you alone, and then get off the board and separate the planchette from the board and just take a break. Uh, if you get back on there, and, and in many cases, uh, it kind of takes over the board. These Z entities and Mama and uh, they, they, they have a tendency to take over the, the, the user's board. Uh, and whether or not they deploy these psychological strange, uh, going backward to the alphabet, uh, numbers, I would say steer away from that type of activity. Uh, and when you're, when you're, what I've noticed in my experiences is never let the entity kind of, um, uh, draw the conversation or lead, uh, the conversation as opposed to the, you know, the users. We're supposed to be the one asking, you know, asking the questions. And things can get carried away if you let these entities uh, you know, direct the conversation. And so definitely goodbye, dismiss the spirit, and then uh, uh, get away from it for a while. All right, and uh, maybe the Jesus prayer can't hurt either. All right, uh, Darren and uh, Rosemary, great pleasure. Thanks for spending some time with us this evening. 
Thank you, Richard. Thank you very much, Richard. Always a pleasure. Talk to you next month, Rosemary. The Zozo Phenomenon. Uh, My thanks to uh, Ian Robertson, Albert Vinzel, remote viewer. We're going to start that segment next week. What's in the box, Albert? In the meantime, don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed, nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the dark, speak in the light. What I say in a whisper, proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite. I'm coming home.